Okay, and welcome Hoosier fans to this emergency, unexpected Sunday afternoon episode of the Assembly Call as today your Indiana Hoosiers have apparently settled on a new head coach and it is going to be Indiana legend Mike Woodson Uh, and apparently coming along with Mike Woodson will be Thad Mata as assistant AD and so as we do when a game happens, when there's news that breaks, we try and get on here as quickly as we can to react in real time and Put it into perspective as much as we can uh, for you. Lots and lots of thoughts. But we have to start with the man who broke the news. This is certainly where I saw it first. And that is Rick Bozich from WDRB, who is with us uh, right here to talk about it. So, Rick, let's, the, the floor is yours. What, uh, how did this all transpire? You know, it's got, it had gotten really quiet, uh, Jared and Brian, for the last three or four days. Uh, and they'd gone, done a pretty good job of keeping uh, the gossip to a minimum other some of that misinformation that had been put out late last weekend. Uh, and then today I got a text from somebody. I have two sources that I really trust. And one of them said they heard Mike Woodson had really uh, emerged as the front runner. And so then I texted and actually I called my second source. Uh, and he said that at the point that he was very, very certain that he was going to be the guy and I said, are you okay if I tweet that out? And he said, yeah. And then not long after that, I saw that John Rothstein tweeted something, and then it got the seal of approval from Sham Shinaria. Uh, those guys usually are plugged into the NBA agent world, and uh, off we go. And uh, I, I like the choice. I know that the, a lot of people are going to criticize it because Mike Woodson's never coached college basketball. But, you know, Indiana's at a point where, you know, I think it was time to go back inside the family. And Mike Woodson has coached the game at a higher level, which is the NBA level. And I think he gets the whole process. And I think the fact they're bringing Thad Mata in to sort of help him, who understands Big Ten basketball and what it takes to run a major college program and can probably help hook him up with three really strong assistant coaches, I think it's a fine it, – they're going outside the box, and I think they were in a situation where it, it's fine to go outside the box. Porter Mosier was the other hot name, uh, and I think you know he would have been a fine choice too. But after they didn't get Brad Stevens, whoever they did get, I think people were going to find ways to pick it apart. But I think Mike Woodson has a chance to work. Do we have any details yet on what Thad Mata's role is going to be? We, I don't know that. Uh, I know that Greg Doyle's been at the forefront of reporting that. He was the first one to have it. Um, you know, I, I would think that Mata, um, would just be a guy who would help him in every way possible, uh, in w- whether it would be coaching, whether it would be, uh, assistance, whether it would be all the different, you know, connecting things, uh, with, uh, scheduling or, um, hiring, a, hiring a staff, just what it takes to be a head coach at a big 10 school, whether, you know, there's, there's a big, let's be honest here. There's a big PR part of the job. That was really an F performance by the previous staff. And I think Mata will help them, uh, can help Mike Woodson uh, get a much better grade in that situation, which is important in terms of building relationships with, with AU people, with high school coaches, with the media, with alums and fan base, with former players, all those areas where I think sometimes the previous staff fell short. Yeah. You know, it's, it's going to be interesting to see the reaction, Rick. I think you bring up a good point that once everything, you know, all everything happened with Brad Stevens, you know, any hire was going to seem a little bit underwhelming if you got your hopes up that Brad Stevens was going to be coming. And a lot of us did get our hopes up. And I think when you look at this hire of Mike Woodson, 
there are obvious reasons to be concerned. You know, mm-hmm. he's never coached in college. He's never recruited. You know, he's a little bit older. Like you can, you can go through some of these things and they are perfectly valid reasons. You know, I understand why people look at this and are like, huh, you know, and, and maybe don't quite get it. You know, now a couple of days ago, and I kind of felt that way too when the name first came up. Now, a couple of days ago, you know, I kind of thought that there was not enough balance being brought to the conversation and decided to dig into it and found some reasons to like the Mike Woodson hire that I wasn't really expecting, you know, dug into his uh, NBA background, which was much more impressive than I thought. When you hear his ex-players talk about him, the thing that they talk about the most is his ability to build relationships, you know, his ability to kind of be an old school coach and mentality, but also to kind of be able to adapt with the times, both as a relationship builder and as an offensive coach, you know, and some of those things, in addition to what you talked about with going back inside the family and kind of bringing that all back together, I kind of settled on this idea that it wasn't my first choice. You know, it wasn't my second choice. There were people I liked above Mike Woodson that I, that I think would have been maybe safer hires. But I've been really intrigued by the potential upside of this hire ever since I heard about it. You know, and you can debate whether this is the time to take a risk like that or whatever. But I do think having a guy like Thad Mata there sounds like it can help to mitigate some of those risks, you know, and maybe help to smooth out some of those things. So... I know that there's going to be, you know, some of that reaction out there and we'll get into, you know, the, that article was, it was basically called devil's advocate, the five point argument for Mike Woodson. And we'll dive into some of those things. Um, but I guess my kind of opening thought off the top is I would urge, urge folks to, you know, have whatever reaction you want, because we're going to have knee jerk reactions to these things and there are reasons to be skeptical, but I would have an open mind, you know, have an open mind about some of Mike Woodson's experience and thinking a little bit outside the box and having some imagination for how this could work. I think it does require a little bit of that to make the case for it. And again, is this the right time at Indiana basketball to be doing that? I don't know. You know, We're going to find out. But the other thing is, the last hire seemed like a really good fit. Everybody thought that it was going to work, and it didn't. So the most important thing is we should all have some humility with this one. Let it play out. And remember that we have an opportunity to kind of influence it with the statements that we put out in public and how we respond to it if we look at this from a fan perspective. And so I think it's important to be fair and analytical and, you know, candid in how we think about it, but also be supportive, you know, uh, of the hire if you're looking at this from an Indiana perspective. So just some opening thoughts uh, uh, there. But your reaction to that and to kind of the reaction that you're seeing from other people. Yeah, I I understand that. I mean, if uh, it if a lot of other schools hired a 63 year old former player and put him in charge of their program who had no college coaching experience, if, if Purdue did it, if Ohio state did it, if Kansas did it, if North Carolina did it, people would criticize that. It's not just an Indiana thing. And it is in some ways, um, you know, a, a snapshot on the state of the program where the job isn't the same job it was 15 or 20 years ago. Uh, but you know, it all depends on how it's executed and, it's sort of like draft choices in pro sports. You, there's always going to be the instant analysis, but the real analysis can't be filed for three or four years. And what I do want to say that I, the two sources that I've talked to, the thing about Mike Woodson is a, he has coached the game as a head coach at the NBA and he is known as a really good offensive coach. And secondly, as somebody explained it to me, he, a lot of the stuff is, is about relationship building. And with players today, as much as people want to believe that they want to come play at Indiana or Michigan or UCLA or whatever because they want to play for those schools, they also want to play at those schools because they want to know what it takes so they can become a professional player somewhere. And if you have a guy who actually knows 
what it takes to be a professional player, has been around professional players. If he can recruit and develop relationships, I think that can resonate with some people. Now, the challenge will be that a lot of kids, you know, they, they might not know who he is because it's been a while since he's been a head coach. Uh, but he has been an assistant coach. And if you look at the Knicks this year, the Knicks might be the most improved team in the NBA. And you can give most of the credit to Tom Thibodeau, but you can also give credit to the assistant coaching staff, which includes Kenny Payne, who came from Kentucky, which includes uh, Mike Woodson, who's been there. And uh, Mike also has um, some background with Larry Brown when he really – he was an assistant coach with the Pistons when they won the championship with Larry Brown and Larry Brown, I've been told is a big advocate of Mike Woodson. Uh, and, and so, you know, I understand the criticisms. They're valid. I understand the skepticism. They're valid, but I think it's important uh, to let it play, let the cake bake uh, as people say, and see how it plays out. And I, I think it, you know, the Thad Mata component shouldn't be overlooked because he's, He's an experienced Big Ten guy who knows the Midwest and knows IU. And so that also – there there were so many people who scoffed at the idea of Thad Mata coming back to IU. That's ridiculous. He'll never do that. There was obviously something to that a week ago. And uh, he his willingness to come to Indiana as an assistant AD says a lot about he believes in the vision that, that what Scott Dolson has for what the program could be. And then he he's looking forward to working with Mike Woodson. Do we have any other word? If, I don't know when you're listening to this podcast. We are literally recording this like 15 minutes after word broke, so stuff is still happening. Do we have any other word on who the other assistants are going to be? Or is, has Mata Not yet, and I asked name? one of my sources, and he said he didn't know that yet. But when I get off here, I'm going to call back and see what more I can get. But, um, you know, the, the thing I'll say when I think back on it, a year ago, I remember when, when Bob Knight came back to IU, and Mike Woodson – was out of the NBA, I think, last season. And he was very involved in that group with, with Randy Whitman and uh, Quinn Buckner and uh, Patrick Knight, who were around Bloomington quite a bit and were important in mending fences to get Bob Knight back at Indiana for that Purdue game. And I think Mike Woodson at the time, uh, that, that was in part a signal saying that he was open uh, to being more part of the IU family again. And, and, that part of the job, I think, is important. He he wants to be at Indiana, uh, you know, and yeah. that's we've heard some stuff that's come out since Archie Miller has left uh, from some of his people saying he didn't really want the job. You're you're never going to hear Mike Woodson say that. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. Well, Rick, I know you're busy, so if you need to hop off, please feel free. Yeah. We'd love to have you stay as long as Thanks you can. Thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah, Appreciate really- it. Let's do it again where it's not Thank so. You. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Stressful. It's <laughs> crazy. And there's NCAA tournament games going on right now. But, you know, this yeah. is everything stops for when it's Indiana basketball. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Thank you, guys. Rick. Have a good Sunday. Appreciate it. To remind pet owners that Progressive covers pets on our auto policy at no extra charge, we're making a really cute pet-themed radio commercial. You got to see this dog. It's a little puffball. <laughs> it looks like a piece of cotton candy that I could just eat up. <laughs> oh, and it waddles when it walks. He's a little ducky dog. Oh, I wish you could see it. <sighs> we really should have planned this better. Get coverage for your pets with an auto policy from Progressive. A risk casualty insurance company and affiliates. Coverage for cats and dogs included with the purchase of collision coverage and is subject to policy terms. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. The Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Woo, Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player fine. Okay. Going to bring in uh, Alex Bozich here and Coach Tonsoni is also here with me. Uh, 
let's get your initial thoughts, Coach. I just want to get your initial thoughts on this. I know people are asking where Ryan is. Uh, Ryan is is I don't know if he's going to show up. Ryan Ryan has thoughts, and you'll you'll certainly hear his thoughts either on this show or the future. Um, but he'll uh, he does have the link if he wants to show up today. Uh, but Coach, your thoughts on the Mike Woodson hire initially? Yeah, you know, on Thursday night show that uh, the mediocre question had a list of happy, satisfied, and underwhelmed until you talk yourself into uh, October and Mike Woodson was in that underwhelmed uh, category. And I, I think I speak for a, a lot of fans that the initial reaction when Twitter started hitting was a little bit underwhelmed uh, because of the fact that uh, I just thought this program needed a, a jolt of someone who had been there and done that. Um, but I, I think it's not going to take me to October to talk myself into it. And, and number one boost was the addition of Thad Mata uh, in the role that Bill Comar now plays, I, I did look that up. So uh, Bill Comar is is the same assistant athletic director in charge, came with Archie. So that seems to be a position that's tied to the, the actual coaching staff and a, a big part of the coaching staff will, will assist there. So that's been done in the past. I think Tom Crean also had that position uh, filled uh, as well. And, and so, again, I, I was hoping for – uh, someone with college experience. I'm not going to lie. That that's what I was hoping for. That's what I thought maybe was needed in, in order to 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 get this done. But we've done that in the last two times. To be honest, uh, to critique my own thoughts, that uh, we've done that and it hasn't worked out. And, and the more I'm thinking about it today, uh, as I'm sitting here and listening to the opening comments, this seemed like it might have been Dolson's plan from the very beginning. Because you heard leaking that they're interviewing Woodson, they're interviewing Cheney, they're Mata failed a physical all those little pieces came out with some a little bit of misinformation but there there was some smoke there where he was probably wanting to put together a coalition of of individuals to get this thing correct and, and moving in the in the right direction if that ends up being true and the program moves forward this is a fantastic uh move uh, and we've said that we've trusted scott Dolson, and i'm going to go back on that too I said I trusted Scott Dolson. I'm going to continue to trust that he has the right, uh, you know, thoughts for Indiana basketball, and he made his decision, and, I, and I'm going to get on board with it because that's just who I am. Call me a fanboy, but I'm going to get on board and, and root. I think there's some very positive things with this hire, even though it's it's not the clear-cut, fancy hire that a lot of us were hoping hoping to have. So welcome back, Mike. Uh, he wore 42. Uh, that's, uh, that was uh, the same number that's been – uh, on my jersey. So, uh, you know, I think that's a good number for Indiana basketball. And uh, I, I welcome him home. And I'll be very interested to see who's on his staff. Uh, I'm kind of hoping for, uh, again, I'm not that IU guy higher. Uh, but if you're going to bring an IU guy back, let's bring a couple more um, back in and, um, and and get this thing moving in the right direction. Hey, you know, and if you're trying to recover from some offensive struggles and teams that went five, six, seven minutes without scoring, why not bring in the guy who scored 2,000 plus points? I bet you Mike Woodson's teams never went five minutes without scoring. <laughs> well, the modernized, we've talked so much about modernizing the game. I think this staff has a chance to do that. I mean, yeah. you're bringing NBA, NBA ideas. You could possibly, uh, once you introduce yourself, to get NBA kids saying, hey, I know what it takes to play in the league. That is going to be a huge thing uh, on the recruiting trail. And then you got a guy like Mata behind him with all the administrative stuff, organizing the recruiting helping him with things that he might not know because he's only been at the at the pro level. So when you look at it from an X's and O's as a coaching, I think the X's and O's are taken care of. Um, the, the worry is that experience in, in all the other stuff that college coaches have to do 
uh, to run a major program. That would be my my concern. But it looks like they're trying to compensate for for that with the Thad Mata hire. Yeah, and look, and I want to bring Alex Bozich in here now. You know, and Alex, I want to lead into it by saying this. You know, whenever something like this happens, everyone's very quick to kind of stake out a position, you know, either and, and this is part of the Twitter culture that we live in, where we have a very short amount of space to make a position. You know, I think if you're saying this hire is awesome or if you're saying this hire is terrible, you're wrong. Right. Like, I think there is a lot of nuance to this hire that just requires us to be patient and patience sucks, <laughs> especially when you've missed the NCAA tournament for four or five years. None of us want to be patient. We want to get back to being Indiana basketball yesterday. And we all wanted to have this panacea hire that made us all feel warm and fuzzy about the future of Indiana basketball, which would have been Brad Stevens, right? And now we get this hire. And the reason why most of us on the assembly call on Thursday night said that if it was Mike Woodson, we would feel a little bit underwhelmed is because of the amount of question marks that there are with it. And so, you know, I see, you know, lots of stuff in the chat. Where people are like, you know, Ryan hates this hire or, you know, I'm all for it and all this stuff. None of that is accurate. You know, what I think is, as I've said, this hire has a lot of question marks. And if it goes wrong, I think we're going to look back on it and say, well, it was kind of obvious how that went wrong, right? That is perfectly fair to say. And I think that's why there's some of these feelings of underwhelm. But to, again, to, to those folks who are having that knee-jerk reaction of feeling it's terrible, you know, and this hire sucks and all that stuff. You, I, I would really urge you to have an open mind, you know, and listen to some of the arguments for it and try to to think about what coach just said, where, yeah, you know, there's reasons that I'm not, I don't think this is the greatest hire in the world, but I'm gonna get on, get on board with it and let, let's kind of see. And the other thing that's important to remember here, Alex, this is what I want to get your reaction to is a lot of the reaction to a Woodson hire. And I saw this in some of the discussions with Porter Moser too, recently are framed based on who people think Indiana could have gotten, right? And so if you're in the mindset of, well, shoot, Indiana could get Jay Wright or Tony Bennett or, you know, Chris Beard or one of these guys, and now you compare that to the Woodson, to the Woodson hire, no reason to talk about Moser anymore because he's not the guy, Woodson's the guy, then I can see where there's significant underwhelm. I've approached this all along not feeling like, I mean, certainly Jay Wright and Tony Bennett weren't reasonable names, but even some of the other names that people have talked about, like an Eric Musselman and some, you know, Nate Oates, I never really looked at those guys as being legitimate options. And so when you started to look at who is legitimately Indiana interested in and there's mutual interest, you know, it whittled down the choices a little bit more to make the one that you settle on make a little bit more sense. Now, is that underwhelming? Yes, but it's as much, you know, it's the hire itself, but it's also, I think, what's disappointing people is what this kind of says about where the Indiana job is. And the Indiana job is still a good job because their tradition is good. You have a good recruiting base. There's crazy fan support. You're going to get paid a lot. But, you know, I thought Sam Vecini made a great point on Twitter yesterday when he was comparing the Texas and Indiana jobs. And he basically said, look, these are both great jobs that if you get the right guy, you can win at the highest level. But there's a smaller subset of people that are going to be right for the Indiana job than are going to be right for the Texas job. And part of me wonders if what Scott Dolson faced in trying to hit the biggest home run he possibly could is fewer people being the right fit for the Indiana job, you know? And as you kind of look at that and now you think, well, look, we've got this guy with NBA experience. His players rave about him. You know, he does this, that, and the other. We're seeing some examples in college now. We'll talk about why some of those analogies are really flawed, but we're seeing some examples, at least of it working. Maybe this is something we should give a try. If the opportunity cost isn't 
one of these huge proven names, it starts to make a little bit more sense. And I just I explain all that because in some of the conversations I've had with people, I feel like I've my head hits a brick wall a little bit because I think people have had unrealistic, unrealistic expectations for who Indiana could get. And if you had those unrealistic expectations, this hire is going to seem a lot more underwhelming than it should. Now, what needs to happen is this hire needs to work and you build the stature of the job back up. But, you know, four straight hires haven't worked. That's probably going to have a lingering impact. So anyway, I wanted to get those thoughts out and I want to get your reaction to it because maybe you disagree. But as this started to go on, it certainly seemed like the actual options for Indiana were, were there were fewer of them than maybe we initially thought there would be. I mean, the first thing to know about any coaching hire is, like you said, the the immediate reaction is is pretty much meaningless on either side. You can call it a home run, you can call it a whiff, but uh, we won't know for sure what is actually going to transpire until uh, you know maybe a few years. I mean, everyone said Archie Miller was a home run nationally, and in his first game against Indiana State, uh, he lost by twenty one points on his home court, and then later that season also lost at home to Fort Wayne uh, and had an underwhelming Big Ten record and so all the national people who are now criticizing this hire love that hire and now say this is a bad hire so that's the first thing to remember in terms of you know in terms of the the hire itself I don't know Mike Woodson Um, I I've talked to people who can't say enough great things about uh, the person and the human being he is so that to me is uh, that means something. Um, it, at least you want to have a person of high character. I feel like leading your program. That's you know first and foremost. In terms of the basketball side of things, he's coached in the NBA. Obviously, knows the game at a high level. Otherwise, you don't become a, a head coach in the NBA. You're not an assistant for uh, you know the tenure that he's had. If you're not well liked by people, uh, and you're able to to show that you can and help guys get better. Um, so I I think from that perspective, Indiana's, uh, going to be pretty well covered. Um, my questions come more along the lines of, um, the staff, who's going to be around him, who's going to be helping him get players. And if you would have just told me today that Mike, it was Mike Woodson was the hire, uh, without the fad Mata piece, I would maybe be a little bit less optimistic about it. But the fact that they're bringing in a coach who had, uh, a ton of success in the Big Ten, won multiple Big Ten titles, went to a national championship game, won Big Ten tournament titles, recruited five-star players, knows the conference landscape as well as anybody, and he's going to be right there as a point man on the staff. Now, he's not going to be a coach, but he's going to be on the staff, and he's going to be around the program. To me, that uh, makes this uh, a whole lot, uh, makes a whole lot more sense. Now let's see what happens with the three assistant coaching staff uh, positions. But, you know, I, I just keep coming back to, you know, coaching hires are an imperfect science. I mean, you can you can say whatever you want in the, in the immediate aftermath, and, and we're really not going to know how it works out for quite some time. So, Jared, like you, um, you know, obviously this wasn't in terms of if I was making a, a list of what was most likely when the job opened up, this wouldn't have been the name that I put at the top of the list. But at the same time, um, you know, Indiana's really done a poor job uh, in recent history of, of hiring coaches. And and one thing I will say about Scott Dolson is he's been around Indiana University and the, the basketball program 
for a very long time. He's seen what has worked and he has seen what hasn't worked. And I, and I do think that there's going to be a much bigger emphasis this time around, not only on who the head coach is, but getting the right staff around uh, to make things work. Because I think that was a huge shortcoming of Archie Miller's tenure was there, there, there wasn't necessarily the right people around him to make him successful. And uh, Scott Dolson at least is showing here right off the bat that he's going to get Mike Woodson, somebody that's been in the, in the position, uh, you know, as a head coach at a prestigious big 10 university and has had a lot of success. And so, it also tells you the fact that Thad Mata is going to do this. He must have some level of belief or confidence that it can work. Otherwise, why would Thad Mata stop whatever he's doing, which has basically been retired for four years, to come do this at Indiana? There, there's obviously uh, something that he sees here uh, that, that makes him believe it can work. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's a, that's a really good point. Um, and look, you know, I'm, I'm seeing just some notes in the chat. Someone said, you know, we had to go down to our, our 25th option to do this. I don't think that that's the case. You know, I, I really think that this is, we heard about this one early on to me. And I, I hope that we find this out, you know, so this is kind of me just positing, kind of reading tea leaves. What I kind of think happened here is it seems to me like Scott Dolson had a couple of templates for how he thought that this might go. You know, Brad Stevens, obviously being one kind of the home run hire, then you've got another bucket of you know some experienced college coaches, and then okay, if we're going to do the IU guy thing and and try to make this kind of a more a more modern program in terms of the offense that we run, you know how how we're getting kids to the NBA, that kind of thing. I think that was another template. And as you look at the possible names there, you know Mike Woodson is the obvious one, and so I think that this was kind of in the thinking from the beginning and one I don't by for uh, even a split second think that Scott Dolson views this as settling or underwhelming. I think he's extremely excited to have Mike Woodson and to pair him up with Thad Mata and whatever staff that they get. Um, and again, as I said, and we'll, we'll go through this here in just a minute, you know, some of the arguments in favor of Mike Woodson, you know, for those of you who haven't seen uh, that piece, but I would not, I would not read it that way. You know, some people might not understand what the, you know, kind of what the thinking is there, but I definitely think that there's a plan, and I guess that's why, to me, I'm very intrigued to see how this plays out because I'm intrigued to see what that what that plan is. You know, Coach, I sent you an article earlier today, um, and Alex, you might have seen this. Um, oh, and I don't remember the the name of the coach. It was a coach from Maine. Uh, he used to coach at Maine. Do you remember the name of the coach, Coach? Uh, I'd have to look it up here real quick. I'll put it in the show notes. I'll tweet it out. But it was basically, and Ken Pomeroy retweeted it. That's how, that's how I found it. But the basic point of the article was about, look, things are changing in college basketball. They are changing. You know, coaches have less power now. You know, and he wrote this from the perspective of a coach. You know, it used to be, you know, when players had to sit out a year to transfer, once you went, you know, the coach could kind of say whatever he wanted in recruiting to get you to go there because you were kind of stuck once you got there, unless you were going to pay the price of sitting out a year. You know, and used to be you didn't have that many options to do things outside of basketball to earn any income and now things may change with name image likeness but his basic point was things are changing players have more power now and his point as he went through that is what you have to do as a coach now in college basketball to succeed because players have options and they're going to be able to leave when they want to is you have to build a culture that players want to be a part of and what indiana has had for the last four years is 
kind of the opposite of that. You know, we have not had that. And that's why a lot of people are kind of freaking out about all these players who are entering the transfer portal. Oh my goodness, you know, should we have really done this? Well, we, you know, we paid $10 million to fire a coach and now players are in the transfer portal. A lot of those players may have transferred anyway. They may have entered the transfer portal anyway. So that argument is kind of bunk. But what's important now is building a program that players want to be a part of. And again, I'm going to, I'm going to stress, you know, if there's some, some videos out there with New York Knicks players talking about their relationship with Mike Woodson. Jared Jeffries has talked about his relationship with Mike Woodson. This is a guy whose players love him. He builds real relationships with them. And the other thing to remember, I know that, you know, no high school players in Indiana or very few are going to know who Mike Woodson is. You know, no high school recruits anywhere are going to know who Mike Woodson is. But when Mike Woodson talks to them, he's going to be able to share experience as an NBA coach. And that will mean something. And Mike Woodson has been a star in college, a role player in the NBA, and a bench warmer in the NBA. There is not one position on a basketball team that he's not going to be able to relate with because he's played all of them. And so I know that this stuff doesn't show up on a Ken Palm profile and it doesn't look that impressive on a Wikipedia page, but I think we have to be careful about using old paradigms to judge current and future hires and basketball programs because stuff is changing. The way that Juwan Howard is running his Michigan program is a very forward-thinking, modern way. The way Eric Musselman is running his Arkansas program, it's different. Things are changing. And I think what this template that we've that Scott Dolson settled on is going to do is going to allow us to do some of that. It doesn't mean it's going to work, but that's why I'm intrigued by it, as I think this is a forward-thinking template for how to run a college basketball program that is going to bring Indiana kind of into more modern times and become a place that players want to be a part of. So again, it has all of the question marks. I understand the downside, but that's where I think people have to look. And I think in the conversations with fans who have just knee-jerked and they're out on this one, I think they're viewing this hire and this decision from an old paradigm. And the reason why I you know, I've kind of trusted Scott Dolson's thinking here is I really think he was trying to view it from a new, a different paradigm, which is, I think, more accurate for where basketball is going in the future. Coach, I'd love to get your reaction because I know you read that article that I sent you. Yeah, I think it's absolutely uh, 100% accurate what you're saying. I, I think it's about hiring the right person. And sometimes resumes can reveal the right person, and sometimes resumes can't reveal the right person. And in today's age, it is about relationships. I've said on the show a lot of times, it takes a degree in psychology to really move a program in the right direction. And when you, as I stop and, and process this, when you're dealing with guys on the NBA, that's even a lot tougher than dealing with egos at the college level. I mean, there, there's never enough basketballs in the NBA and he was able to get to the playoffs several times, and and he's been able to do that. So when I start looking at that, I'm thinking this program needs um, needs that identity to be rebuilt. And the one thing that we can take from this is that maybe uh, coaches and players and national meeting and everything don't look at Indiana the way it used to be, that Scott Dolson understood that. And I'm with you. I think he came with the plan. He mentioned the CEO thing, mm -hmm. and it looks like kind of that model might be in and, and, and be a part of that to work with Dolson. He he mentioned that he wasn't going to shut off an IU guy or a guy without experience right from the start when he announced the Archie Miller thing. And I think that foreshadowed what his search was all about. Did he look for some experienced coaches? Did he look at Brad Stevens? Yeah, if he's worth his salt as an AD, he's going to make those phone calls he, he, you know, to see because then he could maybe go there. But I think this ultimately was his game plan. And really, it's, it's 
you know, people were down on Moser and all these, but these guys can relate to kids and, and you, you connect the NBA, the more I'm sitting here, the more, uh, maybe just the IU glasses are coming on, but you, I've been in the NBA. I know what it takes to get to the NBA. That is going to be huge on the recruiting trail. Once they introduce, hi, I'm coach Woodson. And I used to play and they get to know him. And, and, and you said that talk to him, that NBA connection, the offense being a little bit more modern, uh, from an NBA perspective. And then it, it depends too on looking at the staff. Uh, if he gets some young uh, guys in who, who want to aspire to coaching and learn from uh, someone like Mata and Woodson, it could be a, a really good developmental staff too, where you're going to develop players. So you, we all need patience. We, we, we should have had patience And most of the, um, the negatives is coming from, we, we wanted the, the top two or three names in the business to come to Indiana and we don't know if that was even what percentage that was a possibility. This has the potential to really work. And we're at a point 20 some years after coach Knight, where things didn't work hiring coaches with experience. Uh, it didn't work. So maybe outside the box is, is what's needed uh, to get this program back to its rightful winning ways uh, and, and stature uh, across the country. Alex, one thing that I want to talk about is, a lot of people are going to immediately jump to compare this to what's happening at Michigan with Juwan Howard. And obviously, Juwan Howard came from an NBA background, has had a lot of success early with Michigan. I think it's a, it's a flawed comparison in several ways. You know, Number one, Juwan Howard was never a head coach before he came to Michigan, but he was an assistant under Eric Spolstra, obviously one of the best coaches, You know, had relationships with LeBron James, all of that stuff. You know, and while Mike Woodson had a better individual career in college than Juwan Howard did, Juwan Howard was part of the Fab Five and is a, a cultural icon in college basketball that a lot of young players today still know because of the 30 for 30 and just how important the Fab Five was. But more importantly than that, and this is where I think the concern comes in with Mike Woodson, is Juwan Howard took over a program that was rolling. I mean, John Beeline, he left for the NBA. The program was in great shape, and Juwan Howard has kept it humming. Mike Woodson is taking over a program that is stuck in the mud, and that's a, probably a charitable description of where Indiana basketball is right now. And probably my biggest concern about this is not just that Mike Woodson doesn't have college head coaching experience, he doesn't have the specific experience of rebuilding a college basketball program, which is even different than just kind of coaching a program that's rolling. And so that's where bringing Thad Mata around, who has built successful programs, I think is really going to help. And so it doesn't erase the question mark because, again, we haven't seen this from Mike Woodson, so we don't know what he's going to be able to do in that regard. But if it was just him and there wasn't a proven guy like Thad Mata that has that experience, I'd be even more nervous. Like if you, would, if you told me originally, hey, it's going to be a Mike Woodson-Thad Mata package deal – I feel even better about it, you know, and I probably my, I probably wouldn't have described it as, as underwhelmed initially because that knocks out one of the big negatives that I would have had about Woodson coming to take over Indiana. So I'd love to get your thoughts just on that comparison between Indiana and Michigan, which people are going to make, but is flawed in so many ways. And then, you know, how you think Mata can can help with the rebuilding process that Mike Woodson's going to have to go through. Yeah, I don't I mean, the comparison's. I mean, the only comparison is is that they both played at the school that they that they took over at, and they both had coaching experience in the NBA and, and weren't a head coach before that. But other than that, I mean, like you said, the situations are totally different. I mean, Michigan was a program that was basically turnkey for Howard to take over and hit the ground running with success, and this situation uh, isn't the same. What what I will say is, 
is that the opportunity to be good pretty quickly is there yeah. if Woodson can, uh, you know, make the right moves quickly. Uh, I think that involves retaining a, a lot of the current players and also uh, the transfer portal. And a lot of that's going to come down to, you know, figuring out uh, what the needs are um, from a program standpoint, filling those holes. But, um, you know, I, I think that, you know, the comparison is, is pretty um, weak in, the, in that because the situations are just completely different. I mean, I know that's what people are going to point to immediately and, and say, well, you know, Jawan Howard did this at Michigan and Indiana's trying to do the same thing. I, I don't necessarily see it as, as apples to apples. And the other thing, you know, just kind of going back to some of the things you talked about, Jared, you know, people not liking this hire and, and uh, saying maybe that it's a little bit underwhelming. I mean, you also have to understand you got to get somebody that really wants the job and wants to be at Indiana for the right reasons. Right. I think, I think the, the last coaching hire, some things have come out. Everyone loved that hire at the beginning. And I believe in the last couple of weeks, there's been some, some discussions from some national folks that Archie Miller maybe didn't even really want to take the job uh, and, and maybe wasn't uh, in it uh, 110% from the beginning. And so with, with this guy, I think you're getting somebody that really wants the job. Now, whether he now he's going to succeed is a totally different story, but I think um, the the fact that uh, he's you know put ready to take on the challenge and is willing to surround himself. We've already seen the fact that you know I don't think there's a lot of guys that would probably say, "Yeah, I'd love Thad Mata to come and help me oversee things." I mean, the fact to me that shows a little bit of humility on on Woodson's part. The fact that he's that he yes. wants Thad Mata there, right? I mean, if he wanted to just come in and do things his way, he wouldn't be willing to to have that type of setup. So, to me, that's a good sign, uh, and I think. You got to approach it with an open mind. You got to see what happens. Let's see what happens with the staff. I can think of a few, you know, I, I don't know what the staff's going to be, but there's obviously a few former IU players with a lot of experience in the Midwest and the Big Ten. There's another former IU player right now working with the Pacers uh, that some people have, have wondered if, if he would come and be on the staff. I mean, like I said, I, I think – there is the one thing I'll tell you is from an IU perspective, and, and people have told me this. I know Scott Dolson wasn't who hired Archie Miller, but he was around for the hire. And I think one of the things that they would have done differently there, looking back on it, was to have a little bit more input on who the staff was going to be. It was just basically like, Archie, go get your staff and, and it's your job. I think more care is being given this time around to make sure that whoever they hire is being surrounded with the best people and the best team to help them, uh, you know, be successful. Because ultimately, you can be a, a damn good coach, but if you don't have the right staff around you, you don't have the right support people, you don't have the right team, you're not going to win very many games. And so yep. the fact that, that Mike Woodson's willing to surround himself already with Thad Mata, and, I, and I'm, I'm, I'm pretty confident that they're going to get a really good staff around him. Yes. So we'll see if it works. I mean, there, there's nothing... There's no, uh, there's no perfect hire, and and the other thing is, on this hire, there was no hire that Indiana was going to make short of Brad Stevens that everybody was going to be happy about. Nope. I mean, you got some people saying now I'm done with, with IU basketball or whatever, and things on Twitter. Like I'm like, well, then I guess you weren't really ever in on IU basketball, <laughs> basketball if if this is kind of what takes you away from it because the program um, has been great since 
Branch McCracken, our, our, you know, all the all the glory days back in the the early times of the program, and into the future, Indiana basketball because of the fan base and because how how many people care about the program will continue to be relevant. I mean, everyone on Twitter, uh, like the national folks, were you know, oh how Indiana's fallen, but but yet they were all tweeting about the job for weeks and weeks. That kind of proves how relevant the brand still is, and and all That's it right. takes is getting the right people around, and and you know you know getting a chance to to turn around i'm not saying this hire is going to work i'm not saying uh it isn't going to work but you got to let it play out and see what happens is, is basically uh what everyone has to go go into this uh with otherwise you know wh- why why follow the program or why be a fan if you're just going to go ahead and say now that it's a failure i mean just stop watching if that's your attitude right 100 percent, alex thanks alex for on you notice, said man yeah, ahead, you said something. Ahead, the Michigan thing is the Phil Martelli and the Thad Mata, while they might hold different roles, is very similar, yeah. even though the yeah. Juwan Howard thing is, is a little different. But that humility, uh, you bring that point up. And, and I think that's kind of, you know, the last couple of, of coaching hires had, had some different personalities. Um, Mike Woodson seems to me to be a very calm uh, you know, cerebral person who's going to think through things. I, I haven't watched him coach for a long time, but just in, in the few interactions that I have seen on video, that again, that might be what, what what's needed. Um, uh, that a lot of us were thinking, not thinking about when we're when you just uh, pay attention to the resume, but the humility well, to have someone on staff, and it's so important as a head coach at whatever level you have. If you have another head coach there to bounce things off of whether it's administratively, if that's his role, or he's on behind the bench with the clipboard, to have those things available uh, to, to, to not be a yes man, but to be there and bounce things off is just vital at whatever level. And it's hard to find um, that level of experience uh, to, to be uh, on the staff. And then it doesn't count towards the three paid assistants. So now you can go out and get three more paid assistants with uh, that. I, I just think that that is what is moving me quicker uh, to the um, looking forward to this regime than, than I was when it was initially announced. Yep. Well, the other thing you have to remember, you don't last very long in the NBA as either a head coach or an assistant coach if you're not well-liked by the players, right? Because right. it's a player's league. The players dictate, for the most part, usually who coaches the team. And in many cases, it's a superstar league. And the fact that there's all of these players that have played for him saying these things about him that are glowing reviews means that he he can make connections with people uh and that he's well respected does that mean he's going to get all the recruits that indiana fans want him to get not necessarily but it, it does show to me that you know he is capable of building the relationships needed to get i mean it only takes you know 10 11 12 13 guys that's all you need to get on the roster he doesn't have to get every guy i mean you can say he hasn't recruited but you know, how many guys can say I scored, you know, X amount of points in college was a, you know, a first round draft pick coached in the NBA was an assistant coach in the NBA worked with, you know, countless, I mean, he worked with Carmelo Anthony. I mean, if you know, how, how cool would that be to be able to say, Hey, you got questions about who I am as a coach or who I am as a man. Why don't you call Carmelo and see what he says about me? I mean, he's worked with um, guys that are at the, at the, the highest level of basketball and they've all said really good things about him. So as I said, we'll see what happens. Uh, you know, we, we, we may not know right away. It may not work out. It may work out. It may be 
average. Who knows? But um, I think one thing we can all agree on is that Indiana basketball needed a new direction. Now it's got a new direction, and we'll see which direction uh, it heads in. Thank you, Alex. You can go check the server. Make sure it's still up. Uh, it's still up. I, I would get a. I would get a text. I, I've, uh, Jared. I've learned from our 2017 experience <laughs> where we were, where I was panic calling you to try to help me figure out figure yes. things out. We've 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 upgraded since those days. So yes, we have. Uh, yeah, we're uh, things are looking good. We'll we'll uh, we'll see. We'll have to get uh, some episodes of of the podcast out this week, and and hopefully. Once this is all confirmed, I would assume there will be some type of announcement or a formal press conference this week. Although I was thinking about this, the women play tomorrow for a uh, a trip to go to the to the Final Four. So I'm I'm, yeah. I'm not sure that it, that it'll come tomorrow because obviously yeah. uh, I don't want to take any of the spotlight away from them. So uh, yeah, thanks thanks for having me on, guys. Uh, I'll, uh, I'll I'll make sure to uh, to download the rest of this uh, this episode later and catch up on everything I missed. I appreciate it. Thanks, man. Appreciate See it. See you, Alex. See you, guys. Today, I'm taking it to the streets to give people the good news. Oh, excuse me. Hello. I'm Flo from Progressive. And did you know... No, I'm just waiting for the bus. So then you have time to hear about how with HomeQuote Explorer, you can check if you're paying too much for home insurance. Yeah, if I was interested in talking to you, which I'm not. Okay, I'll do the talking and you just check if you can be saving, which is going to be pretty hard to do if you... Put on your headphones. Okay. See if you're paying too much for home insurance with HomeQuote Explorer. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. The Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player fine. All right, let's bring in our next guest here. We just have a, an assembly line of guests here on the assembly call. Uh, this is our good friend Eric Pankowski from Hoosier Hysterics. Do we need Do we need cigars? Should I go get Should I go get some of my cigars? I I'm disappointed <laughs> that you don't have them already. Well, I'm inside. I don't, I, I, I don't. It doesn't matter. Light them up. Burn the place down. I, I was disappointed in hearing Alex saying, "Oh, we don't know if it'll work out. It's going to work out." I mean, what are we doing? We're fans. It's going to work out. Like, well, well, oh, it may work out. It may not work out. It may be average. No, 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 no. We're Indiana. This is a hire that says we're special. We're different. We believe we're special and different. We're going to double down on that. And we're going to win being us. I love it. Yep. The Thad Mata component is great. I think it's really smart for all the reasons you guys talked about. But I just go back to we're Indiana. Mike Woodson is Indiana. He's from Indiana. He played in Indiana. He won a Big Ten title. He was a warrior for Indiana coming back from injury when he had no business coming back from that injury. He's loved Indiana since he was a kid. He loved it playing there. He's loved it since. And he wants to come back as the legacy of his career to return us to the greatness that he bought into as a teenager. I am, as the kids say, here for it <laughs> I love the let's go you, you know you know what i like is mike woodson's gonna be you know if anybody gives him any crap or you know whatever he's gonna be, be like dude i won the big 10 mvp playing six games don't yeah. <laughs> don't, don't give exactly. me any mess <laughs> that's exactly and by the way i also i guarded and played against magic johnson larry bird and michael jordan in the pros and isaiah thomas who by the way 
Isaiah Thomas and Mike Woodson are close. You don't think having Isaiah Thomas more involved and more feeling just more part of it with Woodson and his group will just feel better for Indiana? You don't think that'll be impressive for recruits to come to games and now see? I guarantee you, seeing a family of Indiana former players together and in a prominent place, taken care of at games, treated the way that it should be, recruits are going to feel that. Their families are going to feel that. Their AAU coaches and high school coaches in the state are going to feel that. It matters. And we don't have to build to it. It's going to be there from the beginning with Mike Woodson. Yep. Uh, and, and look, we got to know him a little bit. He came on our podcast. We spent well over an hour with him. And we fell in love with him. I and mean, we were already in love with him because he's a Hoosier and what he did. But you hear him talk. He's thoughtful. He's he's sobering about it. Like, he takes it very seriously, what he yeah. does. He takes the relationships that he builds with players very seriously. Uh, I talk a lot to Jared Jeffries, who played for him in New York. I don't know if you guys have had a chance to talk to Jared yet. But I think Jared's going to come on our podcast this week and talk about his experience playing for Mike Woodson and speaking from a player's perspective on what players think of him, they love him. Yeah. They absolutely love him. Jared told us, and, and he'll talk about it on the podcast, that with Woody, you go out there and you're trying to make your dad proud. Yeah. That's what it feels like. Well, I mean, my God, what could be better than that? Yeah. I mean, what could be better than that? So, And beyond that, Jared talks about how he's just a great basketball mind, like a really good coach. And... There's a gif out there that you can find of him like balling up his fist and cold cocking DeAndre Jordan on the sideline. I don't know if you've seen that. <laughs> I have seen that. It's funny. It's phenomenal. It is phenomenal. <laughs> it is. So I, I am I've got I just got off the phone with a couple other former players who I probably shouldn't name, but they're all like, we're in. We can get behind this. At and, a and at an absolute minimum, we are going to find out if the hypothesis of bringing like bring this back to the family, we are going to put that to bed. We're going to find out if it works. I, I share your enthusiasm for that part of it. I know, you know, when I wrote about that in the argument for Mark Woods, Mike Woodson, my five point article, article, that was one of them. Is you're going to immediately bring the family back together, and whatever value you assign to that, it's going to happen faster with him or with any other IU guy than if we had gone outside, you know, the IU family. And if you think that that matters to building a culture and all of those things, which I, I do believe that that really matters, well, that's why this has unique upside. Because this if, represents the ability to do that more than any other hire would have. If it doesn't matter, if it didn't matter, Tom Izzo wouldn't do it. Mike Krzyzewski wouldn't do it. Roy Williams wouldn't do it. Mm -hmm. Guys that have been in places for a long time that dive back into their past, if it didn't matter, why would they waste their time? They're really secure in their jobs. They don't need to do stuff just to do it. They do it because culture and family, the family feel, matters. Yeah. And we are one of the few places in the country that has a rich history that we can exploit that and we can make it meaningful. And we haven't done it for 20 years. And it's about time to do it again. So I, I just want to say this. I put this out on some boards, too. People that are coming out like, oh, this is terrible. This is blah, blah, blah. I just want to remind everybody. For that guy out there, whoever your name is, you know, turd, burglar, parrot, 72, whatever. You don't get any points. You don't get any money. You don't get any credit that you can use anywhere. If in five years this doesn't work out, and you can go look at my post back in 2021. You don't get any benefit from that. So if you're a fan of Indiana, what in the hell is the point of that? Just get on board. You do not get points for it. 
There's there's no fantasy prize at the end for calling out something working or not if you're a fan. I get it if reporters want to do it. That I get that that's kind of their job. But if you're a fan, you don't earn anything for that. All that there is is to root for the thing that makes you happy, which is Indiana basketball. So let's get on board and support the hell out of the guy. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But I'm in with both feet. This thing is working. I'm on board with that. Coach, it is, jump in. it is exciting. It is exciting because regardless of who the new hire was going to be, they were going to have to bring the family back together. That was going to be a component. We've talked a long uh, time about what traditions we need to keep and how to modernize the game. Well, Mike Woodson's an NBA guy. There's the modern part of it. You're bringing in Thad Mata who, uh, from outside the family, who's a really good coach, and you have a guy who could uh, bring back the former players and unify. It might be the best uh, of both worlds uh, that uh, uh, we're, we're, you know, when you, that's the thinking outside the box is, you know, the, the, the next guy was going to have to do a better job than the last couple guys has, have done at bringing the basketball guys back. And that's just a big part of any program. You, you read, I don't care, small school, division one, division two, NAI, they cherish those who have gone before. And if you're any kind of coach, you respect the hell out of the players that went before and build that up. That's what's been missing uh, from Indiana. And I know people say, oh, coach, you're old. You're living in the eighties and nineties. You were down there in the last championship. You wanted an IU guy. I really didn't want an IU guy, but I want a guy to bring everyone back together. And if it happens to be an IU guy, so be it. And a guy that with NBA ties, I, it might not be, uh, it might not be April before I talk myself into this, uh, <laughs> from, from, from last week, but, um, I, I get what you're saying. And I, I, and I agree. And at some point, whether you like it or not like it, it's Indiana. It's the candy stripes. It's it's why we're here on the show and over a thousand people are watching. Get on board, root for it to work. Don't root for it to not work. Yeah, well, uh, it's yeah, simple. Exactly. And, and look, we talked to Will Sheehy recently. Will Sheehy didn't know Indiana from Montana State. That's the truth. He grew up in Florida. His dad wasn't recruited by Indiana, like the one school that didn't recruit his dad. He had no connection to Indiana whatsoever. Didn't follow him. Nothing. Came to Indiana. He didn't know who Brian Evans was. He probably thought Brian Evans was like some kind of like heir to a sausage empire somewhere. What was the name of was it? Bob Evans Sausage, right? Bob like Evans, yeah. yeah. He had no idea who Brian Evans was. Brian Evans comes into that gym, came into the locker room and talked to them before a Purdue game. You know what? Will Sheehy told us it mattered. He saw what it meant to these guys that came before. He saw what it meant to the guys who put the banners up there. And it gave Will Sheehy a little bit more seriousness when thinking about what the jersey meant that he was putting on. No one can convince me that that stuff doesn't matter. There's no cynical reporter, no national pundit who wants to take shots at Indiana. You can do that all day long. But I talked to guys who aren't from Indiana. Victor Oladipo is another one. He got there. He picked Brian Evans's. Uh, mind picked his brain. What? Tell me what this is about. It matters to the people who play. And by the way, if it doesn't matter to you, then don't let the door hit you on the ass on the way out. Go find somebody else. <laughs> that Mike Woodson isn't going to bring in players that don't care about that. I mean, Loyola, I know there's a lot of talk about Porter Mosher, and we talked about him a lot too. Mm -hmm. It's not like that guy was recruiting top 100 players you know, he was recruiting guys that bought into his system, and it got him to two Sweet Sixteens and a Final Four in four years. Culture matters. Our history matters. And finding people, recruits and staff that you can recruit and, and hire to that thing is crucial. I am pumped up about it. And again, 
if I came out and wasn't pumped up about it, what, what good would that do me? I mean, I would just it'd be like, it just doesn't make any sense. But I'm genuinely excited. Mike is a really good guy. The people around him really like him. I, I also want to say this. Mike was part of bringing Coach Knight back, back in February. Yeah. He was part of that elite group of, of former players, Randy Whitman, Mike Woodson, Quinn Buckner, Steve Green. Those were the guys that were crucial in bringing Coach Knight back. It means something to him. It's in his bones, and that is important. And you think Mike Woodson is leaving a, a nice, lucrative, paying job with the New York Knicks to come back to Indiana to not give it his all? You think he's coming no. back to fail? Like, he's going to put everything he has into this because this will be his legacy in Indiana. And he's willing to put it, a untarnished legacy on the line for this. He's going to give it his all. And the fans, we owe him the same. That's what I truly yeah. feel. I Yes, I think people can feel how they want about the hire, have their personal feelings, but I agree with you, and I tweeted this out. As fans, let's be responsible with our public comments. And what I mean by that, I don't, again, I don't want to tell somebody how to be a fan in terms of how you should feel about this. You feel how you want to feel about it. And I think there's ways to comment about it in a constructive way that you know suggests that you have questions about it. That's fine. But be support it at the end of the day. You know, I think that's what's so important is that we have a united front as IU fans that we're going to get behind this. I do you, think that that is important. You're kinder than I am because I'll be honest, I don't understand what the – you can have them personally, but publicly voicing your – why? What, what does it matter if you question it? You think Scott Dolson's going to read your comment and go, oh, man. Turd Burglar 27 didn't like it. Maybe I should rescind the offer. No, I mean, it just doesn't matter. No, but it's because people matter. it's because people like talking about it online and they like yes, debating ego, it with each Jared. other. Well, okay. Yeah. Ego. No, no, no. I, I agree. We we can I that is the motivation. Yes. No, I agree with you. And personally, the ego doesn't matter. We're for well. Indiana. We are for Indiana and we do know this. There is no bad that can come from being positive online, on well, chat boards, on Twitter. There's no bad that can come from that, I believe right? that. By the way, Scott Dolson knows that if it doesn't work, he'll take care of it. But no bad can come from being positive. There is potentially some bad that can come from being negative right now. Yeah. So why do it? There is no cookie or award or trophy for it. Like, And look, I will tell you. When the team is horrible and people boo at games like they did at the end when we had the one game where they were at, I know a lot of people got upset that I actually don't mind if people boo like they paid their money and it was terrible. But there was proof that things weren't good at that point. There's no proof of that now. Let's yeah. let it play out and be positive until that time. And so with that, I've got kids in a swimming pool that are probably drowning. <laughs> and I know Ryan's going to come in and be negative. So I'm going to let Ryan do that. This pendulum so is you swinging, know that. baby. You don't know that. No. All right. Well, I love you can watch back you. later. Thanks, and see what I, say. Yeah. I love all of you. I love Ryan. I love assembly call. I love Indiana. I love Mike Woodson. I am in with two feet. I'm in it so much that I risked three <laughs> kids under the age of 13 swimming without me looking. So, I mean, that's, that's passion right there. Thanks for coming, Eric. Appreciate it, man. All right. Eric. We'll guys. talk, we'll talk, we'll later. talk later. So Bye. I want to Ryan. we want to bring you in. I, I want to make one thing clear here, you know, folks that are listening on the podcast. And I think the way that we have framed this, it probably sounds like every single comment that we're seeing on Twitter and in the chat is negative. And that is definitely not true. 
So I want to I want to be clear. Like there are certainly some people that are against this hire that are underwhelmed, as we talked about. There are a lot of people that are really excited about it. There are a lot of people that, in the hour that we've been talking, have gone from wondering about it to feeling better about it. So, you know, I don't want you to feel like if you're like, well, wait, I'm kind of excited about this hire. Am I like a lone voice? No, there are a lot of people who are buying into the upside that this hire has, or at a minimum, just getting behind it because it's Indiana and it's Mike Woodson. So I just want to make sure that we frame that properly. The I do want to say Sam Bassini is one of the national voices on basketball that I respect the most. And he has some really interesting tweets. I want to get to those. But first, we got to get Ryan's thoughts. Obviously, Ryan, you and I went back and forth on the Mike Woodson hire a lot on Twitter. Not that I was 100% for it, but I saw more upside in it than you did. Um, and I know I saw some tweets from you that you talked to some coaches that had some different thoughts on it. So I want to give you the floor to tell us what you've learned and how you're feeling about the hire. And what you guys were just talking about with Eric about fans and negativity and things like that. I agree. I, I think that I sometimes, because of my job as being a pundit to give my opinion, have to be more brutally honest than I think a lot of people should. Let me qualify all of this as I tweeted out. I will support and root for Mike Woodson as hard as I would any other coach who got it. If Brad Stevens got this job, I would su- I'm, I, I'd support him at the same level as Mike Woodson. I want Indiana to win. It, it is something that I, since I stepped on campus in 2003, have not had much of as an Indiana fan. I want him to win. That said, I will tell you that I'm skeptical about this hire for a number of reasons. And Jared, we've talked about it endlessly. I will say the first thing I want to address is the Thad Mata thing, because I'm seeing people say, well, Thad Mata is involved with the program. It's going to be great. It, 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 he can't fail. I agree that the Thad Mata hire is excellent, and it's the part of this that I like the most because he's somebody who knows college basketball inside and out, and attaching him to IU as sort of a basketball czar kind of thing is a great idea. The reason my expectation, my my enthusiasm is a little tempered is, is this Thad Mata unpacking his bags and staying for five to ten years and helping direct the direction of Indiana basketball, or is this coming to town for one year, helping Mike Woodson get set up, and then leaving to maybe go back into coaching. We don't know, but I'm saying I think you have to keep that in mind when you look at this. This could be for Thad Mata. He wasn't going to get a head coaching job. Hey, let's go help this coach sort of set things up and get his program running and then leave. Like If Thad Mata were directing the rebuilding of the program over five years, I'd feel a lot better about this, and I think it would be certainly a phenomenal hire. Hopefully, he is planning to you know unpack his bags and stay for a while. But I've seen people say that that mod is there. It's going to be great. You know, and it's like, well, we don't know what that mod, that mod is not going to be out on the road recruiting because that's illegal. You're not allowed to do that unless you're on staff. He's not going to be, you know, there's certain things he's restricted from doing. He's not going to be in practice, you know, leading drills and stuff. That's not, you know, so we got to remember what he's being hired to do. Now, again, I think that he's great at setting up and directing a program and he's done it at no, a number of places and been wildly successful. If he's here for a while and is tight with Mike Woodson, they're going to get along and this is going to be a, a, a co-effort all for it. think that's a great move, especially given Mike Woodson's lack of experience at the college level. So I just, that's my only thing holding me back from fully diving in on the Mata. This is amazing thing is we don't know what the future is going to hold. It's fair. Uh, I had also been told that Mata, there were a couple jobs he was hoping would open and didn't. And so he, you know, he, th- this seems like his, his backup plan and maybe he'll come to Bloomington, love it and want to stay forever. So, um, just to get that out of the way, the Mike Woodson hire, 
I want to start off by saying that everybody who knows Mike Woodson loves him. Uh, he gets high marks as a person from everybody, you know, that I've talked to. My issues come when we look at his track record. He's and the fact that he's 63 years old and has never been on the road recruiting, has never coached in college basketball. And if you think that it's easy to transition from the NBA to to college or college to the NBA, it is not. They are completely different animals. College basketball is a 365 day a year job. It's more well, it's more like 345 days a year. You get a couple weeks off, but that's it. And at 63, that's very typically difficult. for Indiana. That's been around tournament time. <laughs> yeah, well, unfortunately. Um, and when you look at his track record, he did do a rebuild in Atlanta and and took them to the playoffs when they had been awful for a long time. Uh, but I will say, people who continually point that out act like he built that from nothing with no talent and just managed to do it. I mean, he had several all-stars he was working with. I mean, he had Al Horford, Josh Smith, uh, who was the other one? Mike Bibby, no, Joe no, Johnson. I no mean, one he had a rock. No he has it that dude. way. You have, no, to, you I, have some, to have players to win the NBA. Yes. What they say do. is he went from 15, he went from having very little talent to getting players and working with them to have one of the best records in the Eastern Conference. But let's be real. He didn't recruit those players. They were drafted. No, of course. You know, I yeah. mean, it was, you know, so it's, he got talent and he won credit to him. He won. But after he took them to the playoffs and in 2010, they fired him. Why? Because he disappointed. They didn't go as far as they should have with that talent. They should have gone further. They lost in the conference semifinals. They didn't go to the conference finals. Didn't go to the NBA finals. They had enough talent to do both. They didn't. He went to New York as an assistant under Mike D'Antoni. And it was, I don't want to swear here. It was an S show. And he took it over and took them to the playoffs. Uh, went 18 and six his first year, went to the playoffs, lost the first round of the playoffs. Second year, they won the Atlantic Division, which was weak at the time, but they still won it and lost again in the conference semifinals. His third year, second two and a half years, essentially, as a head coach, his the third season, he went 37 and 45 and didn't make the playoffs and got fired. There's not a never, huge, and they've never won that many. They've games never since. been back since. <laughs> so the, the, nobody's are and they'll be in, they'll, they'll, they'll be good this year. I think they, they, they will finally yeah. get over the hump this year. But with him back <laughs> as an assistant, just saying. Um, but what I will say is there's, you know, a lot of people have built up, have, have I think rep, misrepresented his coaching record as something where there, there were these high successes after sucking for a while and building something. He didn't have great success in the NBA. He made the playoffs with some bad franchises credit to him, but it's not like he's a slam dunk as a head coach. Amazing hidden gem. And here's the other thing. There are some really smart guys running NBA teams. Some of the smartest in all of the sports. They were one of the first leagues to really recognize analytics and go deep into it on baseball as well, but, but NBA and go into it and be able to discover hidden gems and things like that. He hasn't been a head coach since 2014. Nobody else has hired him. And so as, as Indiana, you've got to look at that and be like, all right, why not? And clearly Scott Dolson's confident in it. What I will say is this is an enormous gamble by Scott Dolson. And the idea that, well, he loves Indiana, so he'll give his all. You know who loves the school he coaches? Patrick Ewing loves Georgetown more than anybody. And he has not been successful there. It's been a disaster. They made a run in the Big East tournament to make it into the tournament and got blown out in the first round. And he was probably going to get fired if he did, if they didn't do that. There have been plenty of stories about guys who love their university coming back and failing miserably. So the idea that he loves IU, that's not going to carry him at IU. I'm sorry. The Big Ten's too good for that. 
He will have to be a really good coach for this to succeed. He'll have to have a monster staff around him for this to succeed. I think we all agree with that. I don't think anybody is going to sit here and say that it doesn't matter who his assistants are. He will have to have an an incredible staff around him. Not saying anything controversial. I'm just saying. And at the end of the day, though, whether Thad Mott is there, whether you bring in the greatest three assistants in college basketball, at the end of the day, it comes down to who you who your head coach is. I don't care how good your staff is. In the end, you win or lose because of your head coach. He's the one making timeout decisions. He's the one calling plays at the end of the game to get guys the ball. He's the one who players commit to when they recruit. That is the key here. What does Mike Woodson do at the college level? And the, the issue I have is not hiring Mike Woodson. It's that I think there were guys out there who have an established college track record who would have said yes that I feel like were passed over for Mike Woodson. And that's just from talking to people that I talk to often about what was available and what they wound up doing. Do you, do you want to name names on those or no? No, I do not. Okay. Because it's not, it's not fair to those people. Okay. It could be sent out that they aren't happy where they are or whatever. But I think there are people who certainly would have taken the IU job if it had been sold to them as you'll get everything you want. The way that, it was sold to someone like Brad Stevens. If you sell other coaches on that, they could buy in. And when you come out at your press conference and spend $10 million to get rid of Archie Miller and then say, I have a blank check, essentially, he said, I have a blank check. He said, I don't want to say it's a blank check. You're saying it's a blank check. Let's be real. I have a blank check to figure this out. And you wind up with a guy nobody was looking for. Yeah, that's disappointing. And I get why people are disappointed. Will Mike Woodson succeed? I don't know. I certainly hope so. I'm skeptical. I'm not saying he can't succeed. I'm saying I'm skeptical. And I'm and and I hope, and I've tweeted this out, I really hope he proves me wrong. And I hope he's the most successful coach IU has ever had, other than the guy who coached for you know 30 years. <laughs> that Mike Woodson's not coaching. <laughs> Mike, Mike Woodson's not coaching for 30 years yet. I'm just letting you know now. But I really want to know what the plan is. And bringing in Mata, you say, okay, well, they have a plan there. What's the rest of the plan? Because I've been told that if, if, if Woodson came, there was a sort of a package developed and maybe that was Mata. I, you know, but there was sort of a, there was a, there was a deal that was being struck and that was a couple of weeks ago. So I don't know, you know, if that's changed or what, but yeah, I get fans who are sitting there like Mike Woodson, like that's what we got. Like nobody is looking for him as a head coach. No NBA team is going to hire. And no college team was looking to hire. Now I get the IU connection. This is probably the only college job he would take. But I just, I, I'm giving voice to the fans that are skeptical because I'm skeptical. I'm not saying it won't work. I'm not saying that Mike Woodson isn't smart, isn't a great guy, doesn't love IU, all of those things. Those are all true. But can he coach in college basketball? And you know what the answer is? Nobody knows. There is no one who can definitively say Mike Woodson will kill it at Indiana. No one can definitively. But you say could that. definitively say that about anybody. I mean, you're you right. Know if, you're if right. But Chris the people could have come here, and you wouldn't have known if he was going to kill it here. I'm not denying that, Jared. But there are some people you'd say you can look at and say, "All right, that's going to work." You know, and yeah, you have Archie a really Miller. good idea. <laughs> I mean, well, all I'm saying is let's have a little humility with what we're certain is going to work and not I, work, or I, what has a better chance. And what have than I said? Things, so. What have I said? What have yeah, I said, I though? I know. I'm, I'm just, not saying it's not going to work. I know, but some definitive I'm saying, statements are slipping out, and I just want to make sure that... <clears throat> I'm sorry. If Chris Beard came back. to Indiana, he probably win. Like, he, I'm, if Brad Stevens came to Indiana, he's probably going to win. 
Now, again, whether those guys were able, would have been willing to take the job, I mean, certainly Brad Stevens wasn't. Would Chris Beard? I mean, he's pretty comfortable at Texas Tech. He's got some good things going on. Now the Texas job's open. Who knows if he's going to go there? But no, I'm just saying there are people you can say pretty solidly that guy's going to win there. And I feel like nobody has any idea what Mike Woodson's going to be like as a college coach. And so you're Indiana. You're this huge program. Is This is what you're banking on. It's a huge gamble. And I'll say this about Scott Dolson. If it's not successful, do we really expect him to be the athletic director for a long time? If it's not successful, I mean, you ADs get to make one hire in basketball in Indiana. Yeah. And so he's clearly confident because he's staking his job on this essentially. Yeah. And good for him. If this is what he believes in, and he's going all in on it. Good for him. He got his guy, you know? Um, but I think it's worth noting that if it fails, he's probably out the door with it. I mean, I don't sure. think there's going to be a whole lot of confidence sure. in him if this is a massive failure. So the other one other issue, and people don't bring this up with having a guy who is part of the family back as a head coach, it's really hard to fire them. And this has happened repeatedly at colleges. They hold on to guys too long because they're friends, their friends who are boosters, their former teammates, all of that create backlash if there's talk of firing them. It's tough. It's a huge, huge huge gamble. And so I certainly, I hope it works out, but it is very hard to fire unsuccessful coaches from within the family. It is incredibly hard. You are correct. All I will say is Woodson's age does mitigate that a little bit because he's closer to retirement anyway. And so Woodson's an incredibly, well, he's probably he's got seven years left. Let's say he's got got seven, he got a six year contract. All I'm saying is that mitigates it a little bit. It does. But I will say this, Woodson's also a competitive guy. He's not going to step down if things aren't going well. You know what I mean? Like, unless unless there's just enormous pressure on him to step down, he's not just going to walk away. He's going to continue to think, I can fix this. As any coach would, you know, as any guy who has any confidence in their ability yeah. would, you're never stepping down. You are going to fight tooth and nail, and that's a good quality to have. But coaches don't just walk away, you know? I mean, they have to be fired. Archie Miller knew what he was doing wasn't working. He wasn't walking away. You know, they had to pay him a lot of money to get yeah. him out of here. Yeah. No. And so I, 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 I do, I, I just want people to know that, that if in four years, if this isn't successful, he's not getting the leash pulled like Archie Miller did. It, it, like he's going to be around for a fifth year. If he had this, if he has the exact same record as Archie Miller after four years. He's probably getting a fifth year. Like and, that's okay. And I don't all, think he will. And right. I, and I, all, I, I th- all I'm saying is I do think, there's a good point to be made there. I also think his age and the close relationship pre-existing that he has with Scott Dolson could mitigate some of that. So, but let's we're getting we're getting way yeah. down the road with. That I'm just stuff. I'm just I'll, I'm trying to give people the full scope of yes. the picture as we walk into this. Like, and and here's the thing: do I do I think that that Mike Woodson can outdo Archie Miller? Yes, I absolutely yep. think that Mike Woodson can outdo Archie Miller for a lot of reasons. But Indiana isn't looking to outdo Archie Miller. So that again. Indiana's looking to compete for national championships and return to national relevance, not just win 20 games. You so, know? Yeah. So, okay. So the only, the only thing that I want so to say, that's my, that's my 14 minute sort of rant. There. No, no, it's good. We, I mean, I wanted this show to provide all the different perspectives. So you got, you know, you got Rick Bozich who broke the story. You've got Alex who's analyzing it. You've got Eric who's smoking cigars and fully excited about it. And you've got Ryan's perspective. So we've gone through an hour and 15 minutes. You've gotten all the different perspectives. 
Over the past year, I've helped thousands turn their lives around. And today, I'm going to tell you the one simple trick that will change everything. All you have to do is... And now a message from our sponsor. With Progressive, you can bundle your boat, RV, or other outdoor vehicle for great protection and even more savings. Progressive. And that's it. You'll have that for the rest of your lives. So excited for you. Progressive. There's never a bad time for great protection. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Sticky notes. Email alerts. A string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. The Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player five. The only thing that I want to say, because I do not want to get into a protracted argument you know, about the Mike Woodson stuff, we'll have plenty of time to do that. The only thing I want to say, because my goal with the Mike Woodson discussion all along has just been to push back against some knee-jerk reactions to him that I think are simplistic. My only issue with the way that you describe his NBA time is I don't think it, I don't, I think it's a little bit negative in terms of what he actually did and what he accomplished. Would you as say a coach. that he and was? All, and all I will say is, and the reason why, because you, what you said is that people have positioned this like he's done some, you know, did some great job as a head coach. I think what people have done that have defended Mike Woodson is a lot of people just throw out, well, he won fewer than fifty percent of his games in the NBA. And it's like, okay, well, if you're just going to throw that out with without context, understand that he took over an Atlanta team that. Had zero, I mean, no talent at all. Their best player was a washed up Antoine Walker, and they won 13 or 15 games. And that right there, if you remove that season, he's an above 500 coach, right? Okay. And if is 500 just, what we're looking for? Okay. Though. No, no. But what I'm saying is, <laughs> but mean, that, but it's a more accurate representation, right? Sure. And, and it's for the people who throw out, well, they won 46% of his games. Okay. Well, Rick Patino won 46% of his games in the NBA. Yeah. Now, Rick Patino had a lot of great college experience, but just because you go into the NBA and win a certain number of games doesn't mean that's what you're going to do in college. Completely so agree, but it's the only evidence we have. Give his NBA career the full context it demands. That's all I'm saying. That's fine, but it's the only evidence we have of him as a coach, okay. so you're right. going to focus on that. Right. Now, again, you're right. Now, I hear a lot of people, and, and I've had this in my mentions all day, and you and I have, have clarified this, but comparing it to the Jawan Howard situation we, is... We talked about that with Alex. Yeah, it's we moronic. It. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's stupid. So I didn't get to hear that part. So, um, but, but what I will say, one thing I will say about Mike Woodson is I will say you cannot look at his body of evidence and say it was a very successful career as a head coach. You can say he had some success. I don't know, man. It's, but, a tough, it's the toughest league in the world. And he took two I franchises that aren't good and was their best coach in 30 years. That's pretty good. I mean, it's, he was the best but it's coach. Not, but, but as soon as they got to the, they got to, as soon as Atlanta got to its best season with him. Why did Atlanta fire? What because happens they didn't in think, the NBA? A lot of times they in the didn't NBA, think he, after six or seven years, you know, players tune and coach still out. Happened, they go Jared. for a different direction. So and it that's still what happened. happened yes, it did. But it still happened. I mean, like you, you can't the, deny that it happened and just say, well, that's how it happens no, in the NBA. But he still he thought he was good, the guy. He had a good te- he wasn't great. He had a good tenure as an NBA head coach. That's all I'm saying. I feel like you're hesitant to say that he had a good tenure. He was a coach for I don't nine think years. he had a good tenure. It was pretty good. All right, I thought well, it we was, have different definitions of what's a good Yes, I no, I do. And we talked about this when I you said you said I remember this is back in the day when Josh Allen was a rookie. You said he's already a really good NFL quarterback. I was like, he's average right now. And you were you were like, well, he's in the top, you know, 17. And I was like, that's average. Like he's <laughs> not good. There's 32 quarterbacks. Yeah. Like the I mean, legitimate like, concern that Ryan brings up, which I think, you know, 
we we have to pay attention to if you're looking at resume. And I will say that sometimes this hire might be about non-resume stuff. Yes. Uh, and that's the gamble that Dolson is taking, uh, is that the person, the organization, the group of people put together is going to overcome any resume stuff. But he hasn't been pursued by any other NBA jobs in, in seven years, and he hasn't been pursued by any other colleges in seven years. The reason he's a, a Big Ten basketball coach is because he played – at Indiana, that means sure. that the Indiana stuff is a lot bigger than the resume. Um, and and my point being is that uh, your resume doesn't tell the whole story. You know, um, if it if, doesn't, if I you agree. take over, if you take over rebuilding jobs, you're going to have a sub 500 record. You could be a heck of a coach, but you spent six years rebuilding a high school or a lower college level job, right? Um, so it's sometimes it's the person, and that's the that's the argument we got into when we were talking about uh, Porter Mosier. Um, that he got fired and then went back. Well, it's the person. You're going to hire the person. So uh, the resume evaluation that Ryan's doing, I, I think, does give me – that's the underwhelming part from Thursday's show, the underwhelming until uh, October, the lack of experience. Those are true, uh, I think, really true concerns looking at uh, at the basketball resume. Uh, I am starting to, to analyze this as more of a, a personality um, – you know, the person, the direction, the CEO that uh, Dolson wants to take Indiana in a certain direction. And this is the guy, you know, Notre Dame football struggled forever from Davies, Weiss, Willingham. They got the right guy in who is an outside guy, Brian Kelly, and now they've stuck with him for 10 years. I, I think I think Dolson just said maybe people don't want to come here. Ryan says some people might still have come given the, the circumstances. It could have been, we're going to go for the top two or three. They don't look at Indiana the way it did yesterday. Well, then I'm going to that second bucket. Uh, and that second bucket is a coalition of people that I think are good for Indiana and good for college basketball minds. And that's what we have. So I agree with Ryan on the resume resume stuff. That's what gives me pause. I don't think you can deny that the resume is, is really underwhelming. Uh, but the potential uh, for who he is as a person and what he did within that resume, I think, does give um, some light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, no, no, that that is that is the questionable part of it. So I, I agree with that. Just give his NBA time the proper context. Now, all I want to uh, uh, I want to get to these tweets from Sam Vecini. I know we've got uh, someone calling Ryan Debbie Downer. Someone said this isn't fun anymore, probably because we started arguing. So I apologize for that. They they don't <laughs> like it when I'm honest. They really don't. <laughs> Um, but I think I think these tweets from Sam Vecini are really good. And again, I know there's been this whole narrative going on for the last you know week or two about you know you can't trust the national media and all of this stuff. And certainly there are some voices in the national media uh, that haven't been I don't think have been very fair to Indiana. Sam is a straight shooter. I think you can pretty much always he's always been a guy that I've really trusted his perspective. So here are his comments, and he's a guy who knows the NBA and the college landscape. Um, he writes for the Athletic. So he says, no idea whether Mike Woodson will work or not. I'll generally just note that his successful teams in the NBA when he was a head coach played relatively slow and were efficient on offense. Like everyone else has said, it would be good for IU to hire a killer staff around him. We obviously all agree with that. He goes on, I do think there is a case that it's easier to enter the high major college coaching side than ever right now because of transfers. Everyone is kind of operating at a more equal playing field, not all equal, but closer at least right now. Finally, I will say it seems there is a negative connotation surrounding Woodson's time as a head coach. I don't think that should be the case. Won an increasing number of games every season in Atlanta for six years. Then his first full year with the Knicks won 54 games. He wasn't a spectacular, no doubt, or top 10 coach in the league or anything. His playoff record is concerning, but his time in the NBA is better than what his overall one-loss record was, given that he was thrust into a terrible Atlanta situation and the Dolan Knicks. 
that seems to me like a very fair assessment of Mike Woodson's time as a coach from from Sam Vecini. Why so, did he pick such awful franchises? God. Hey, there's only 30 jobs. You take the ones you can <laughs> I, I get. Know, <laughs> of course, you take whatever jobs. Don't say anything, Ryan. He just, he just picked Indiana. Don't, don't, be, don't be throwing uh, that out there. God, that's fair. That's fair. I have a question. Okay, okay no, no. I wanna, I wanna, here, here's what I want to know from you, Ryan. Tell me what you're excited about. Like, where do you see the upside in this hire? I, I really, I want to know. Because I know uh, that you can view this rationally. Where's the upside in this hire? His personality. I think, um, and, and his ability to connect with people. Uh, I think the thing I'm, if I had to list the things I'm most excited about, it's having Thad Mata attached to the program is number one, way more than Mike Woodson. Uh, I think the Thad Mata thing, because Thad Mata has consistently built competitive, good programs and kept and sustained that for a long time, which is why I'm concerned if this is a long-term thing for Thad Mata or if it is just a short-term stopover to help set this up and then he's going to bolt. Um, so Thad Mata is the thing I'm most excited about, you know, being attached with, with Indiana, uh, as far as Mike Woodson goes, yeah, personality and, and his connection to, to his players. And I think that people speak very well of him. Um, but yeah. And, and you know what? The other thing I'm excited about, finally, the fans who are longtime Indiana fans have said, we need an IU guy, but okay, you got him. Here's, here's the deal. If this doesn't work, can we stop with that, please? Like you, you got your IU guy, all right? Because I've heard this from everybody since I started at IU in 2003. It needs to be an IU guy. It needs to be someone who played under Bob Knight. What, whatever. Okay, that's it. Like you've got your IU guy. If it works, great. If it doesn't, let's never hear of that again, please. Um, I, uh, okay, we have some hey, great couple- comments. Some great comments that I have to get to. These are back-to-back comments. One is on Periscope. One is on YouTube. Jody says, Ryan is so negative, you wonder if it's fake. How can a person be so angry? And then Shay McNearly. Ryan, thanks for speaking the truth. <laughs> there you go. That's, See, I'm trying to be honest way, with you guys. I've Ryan, always been honest. Nothing is fake. Trust me. <laughs> yeah. Nothing about Ryan Coach is fake. Wo- we got Coach Woodson in the chat, too, it seems yeah. like. Well, the other, the, other, the other two great comments were, who, who said this? Uh, Who's your fan for life said, Andy Bottoms is needed on the show tonight badly. We all we all agree with that, uh, definitely. And then Mike Woodson forty two says, "Who is Andy Bottoms?" Andy Bottoms is hey, he's the legendary so, bracketologist and the the original co host of the show. I'm he sure everyone will, be here. will have seen this by now already, or when you're listening to the podcast. But um, you know, players are sending out um, some emojis. Logan Duncan, TJD, kind of. If you could read that, they're kind of interested. You know, nothing. But uh, there's a quote from. Tyler Toshman and inside the hall that says um, Logan Duncan, the the recruit that has signed. I think it's an awesome hire. He seems like a really good coach with NBA background and they bring on Thad Mata who has college experience. It seems like a deadly duo. Um, and, and I know that Logan has entered the transfer portal, I believe too. So um, we'll, we'll be interesting to see Wait, how quickly. No, Duncan, no, Duncan, Logan. Not- no, he hasn't. He's not even here yet. He can't enter the transfer portal, but once no. he signed. No, you just have to you just unsign uncommit. Un- so yeah. so there was talk De-commit. about him um oh, okay. decommitting. De-commit. Um, okay. and so you know how soon that coach Whitson will get on the phone and start re- recruiting the, you the better guys be today. That are, I mean, that are frankly, in the portal, right? Yeah. But but the initial two that we've heard uh kind of are looking at it like okay, and that might be his NBA connections. That that's uh, again what's pulling me from mm-hmm. uh underwhelmed to to starting to to maybe see the reasoning behind this is is the combination of both Woodson and, and Mata and those connections to the NBA, I think 
That's the um, upside. That's the upside. By the way, assembly calls own. Doc Libby, Yogi Ferrell's mom, tweeted, I am personally behind him. Let's give him a chance. Always listen to the doc. She knows. Absolutely. But, but coach, I think we need to do a segment. Coach Tonsoni interprets emojis from college athletes. Yeah, that would be great. I have no clue. Did you see me do this every once in a while? I, I'm trying to figure out, is that a one wink? Is that a smile? I'm so old. I only, I only know one emoji that Mrs. Tonsoni sends me all the time. Uh, it's, that's it's not pretty nice. All right. So... Okay, guys, we got a coach. We have a coach. And I, one thing, look, we're, we're going to go back and forth on stuff. You know, Ryan, we've, we've disagreed on what the level of upside is on Mike Woodson. I think we generally agree on what the questions are about Mike Woodson. I think we, we certainly disagree on the degree, maybe, to how, uh, how likely those questions are to be answered in a negative way and perhaps the degree of the upside. Um, but I know certainly all of us on this show – and I, you know, I look forward to getting Andy's thoughts on the hire, but I know that he will agree. Is you know, our position is going to be what it's always been: is we're going to try and analyze it as best we can. We'll always be candid with you about how we genuinely feel about stuff, but we're going to be supportive, you know, and 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 support the hire as best we can in the way that we do on this show. Which to us, you know, it's a little bit different than what Eric described. Uh, you know, I'm I feel like it's okay to have a candid conversation online about pros and cons and analyze the stuff that happens on the court. Um, but our goal is always just to kind of lead a conversation and provide a forum for conversation where we can talk openly about that stuff, but we know that we're all coming at it from the same perspective, which is we want Indiana basketball to win. And we're supporting the, the men and women who, you know, who are out there working hard every single day to do it. Um, and I just think that we, you know, let's, let's take that tact with our, with our public commentary. Um, and you know, everybody can, can decide for themselves how best to do that, but that's certainly what we'll do on this show. So we're not going to pump sunshine and tell you that Mike Woodson is the greatest hire of all time, but we're also not going to wallow in every negative thing and just assume that all the questions will be answered in a negative way. There's upside to this hire. There's reasons to like it. There's reasons to be skeptical about it. There's reasons to feel like maybe this wasn't exactly what you wanted it to be, uh, but still to get on board and support it. And so I guess that would be kind of my final thought is the hires here we have a coach. Now let's commence the part of the offseason where we dig more into his history and we watch some film and we figure out what kind of a coach he is and we listen to what ex-players have said about him. Let's learn about this coach. Let's learn as much as we can and have an open mind as we do it. You know, be, Let's be curious, not closed-minded about it. Uh, and then obviously we watch the transfer portal and we see how many of the guys in the transfer portal decide to come back, how many go, and what this roster is going to start looking like. You know, We got one answer and now it presents a whole bunch of questions that I know I, for one, am really, really excited to start seeking the answers for. Um, that's what we try and do on the show. So fun stuff, guys. Was not expecting to have a show today, but, you know, news breaks and we got to do what we got to do. So curious to get your guys' final thoughts on a very important day in IU basketball history. Uh, Ryan, why don't you lead, lead us off? So just FYI, I'm, I'm not trying to be negative i'm just trying to be honest with you and i and i've always been honest with this audience to tell them what i think and how i feel about things and uh just not trying to to rip the hire or anything i'm just giving you my honest perspective on it i'm going to write about it for the big lead shortly um i i think that it's certainly an interesting decision from scott dolson and and as i've said before he knows probably to some degree that his job will be attached to this hire and, and whatever decision, and if he's betting that big on it, you know, certainly that'll give some people confidence that maybe this is the right thing. 
but it's also a young AD, a young in his tenure AD, making a pretty sizable gamble and betting very largely on on Mike Woodson. Um, so we'll see what happens. I think that we all agree they better build him a monster staff who knows college basketball inside and out and has great recruiting connections because you know other teams in the Big Ten are looking at this as an opportunity to raid Indiana because it's a new staff. That happens anytime there's a new staff, but it's a new staff without connections on the ground to the recruiting grounds in Indiana who hasn't recruited before. I mean, you know, the people we have on there, which is Mike Woodson, uh, have not recruited before. And, and so you can bet that programs from around the country are licking their chops at this. And I got a lot of texts from people who cover the Big Ten who just didn't understand the hire at all and, and th- thought Indiana could do better. And so you know that's going to resonate with some people around the country. So it's on Mike Woodson to immediately calm those fears and get in a staff that people will then take a look at and be like, okay, all right. So he's got a lot of work ahead of him. This is not going to be easy. And it's certainly not going to be something where he's going to be able to ease into the job. He's got half his roster in the transfer portal. He's got to recruit them back. And then he's got to start going on the recruiting trail and getting transfers, start establishing relationships because he's behind the eight ball for next year's recruiting class. I mean, this is, he better hit the ground running immediately. And I'm, I'm, I, I bet he expects to, but this is going to be a very important next few weeks for Indiana basketball. And Mike Woodson, I know that he hasn't done this before, but he better nail it because Indiana, otherwise you're putting Indiana behind the eight ball for next year and possibly the year after. So here's hoping he is uh, ready to go immediately. All right, coach, your final thoughts on this day. Yeah. When, um, when word broke earlier today and, and Woodson was a higher, I'm not going to lie. I was, I was underwhelmed. Um, and wondering, was it, um, you know, a hierarchy of no's that led to, to Mike Woodson, the more that I've been on the show, uh, and the addition of Thad Mata has moved me off of that, um, to less underwhelmed and more hopeful, uh, is my position right now, uh, because it, it seems like maybe there was more to it than, um, Scott Dolson might have had something like this planned, some sort of coalition planned, and and went after it. And I've always said I was going to trust Scott Dolson, and, and I'm not going to go back on that on that until I see either the negatives uh, of this, or hopefully we don't see that. So, uh, as the more our guests have talked, um, the questions still linger. Uh, I, I wanted somebody with the college experience. I'm not going to lie to you. I think that's that was going to be the best bet coming in here. Uh, but this might end up with Thad Mata being here, being a combination of those things, bringing that IU piece back together. And so I'm willing to buy in, and, and that's just my fandom, uh, my IU blind spot. Uh, I'm going to root for for whoever, uh, and it doesn't matter whether I like it or, or not. Uh, come November, Mike Woodson's going to be on the sidelines. And so I, I really think that there are some positives, and I hope that those positives outweigh the negatives, obviously. And they're going to have to. I'm very excited about seeing the staff. Uh, they have to get some recruiting um, muscles in in the staff, uh, and and then start recruiting those guys that are in the portal. Uh, really pleased to see a couple of those uh, guys that are supposed to be IU guys that are looking at it like positively. We'll see what the end result is. But ultimately, Mike Woodson is coming home. He's our new coach, uh, and uh, I support Coach Woodson and and, and Dolson and, and hope that we have a lot more positive shows next year, the negative ones, and let's go Hoosiers. 
Yeah, I, I will just say in closing, this is not going to surprise any of you, but I'm excited about this. Um, and there was a good chance I was going to be excited about whoever was hired because it's a fresh start. And what this program needed was a fresh start. And we were going to get a coach that had upside of some kind, you know, whether it was Porter Moser or whoever it was going to be. We were going to get a coach with question marks, but also upside. And so those question marks linger. I think we've talked about all of them. We hope that Thad Mata kind of helps to mitigate some of them. But man, there's a lot to be excited about with this hire. And so if you, if you want to allow yourself to, to be excited, to see the upside, to get pumped for the fresh start, there's plenty of reasons there to do that. And so I hope that that is the mindset that you will take as you look into this more. Um, and I'll tell you this, you know, my closing statement is you know, maybe part of the reason why I'm excited is I'm still living off the high of yesterday. Because yesterday, early evening, we got to see our women's team go out and beat NC State, make the first Elite Eight in school history. Uh, and you know we've now spent and you know over 90 minutes talking about a program that has been so bad over the last four years, they had to get a new coach. When our women's team you know, has a coach who's doing an incredible job and has created you know, the best women's basketball team in the history of this school, so much to be excited about. And when I watch them play, I see connectedness, I see togetherness, I see enthusiasm, and I see a team with a plan that goes out and executes that plan. And I think the best case scenario for what Indiana basketball can be under Mike Woodson is to look like what I saw the Indiana women's team look like yesterday, which is a team that was fully bought in, talented, tough, together. It was great watching them. And so I hope that everybody, you know, in the midst of all this coaching search stuff, you know, I'm, uh, you know, I came late to the women's basketball program. People have been talking about it all year, how good they are. And I didn't really start watching in earnest uh, you know, until the last few games. And if there's any kind of holdouts out there like me that haven't fully bought in, they are so much fun to watch. And so, you know, I, I, I hope that this news, I don't think it'll overshadow it. This is today. Tomorrow's tomorrow. It's a big Elite Eight game. We are going to try to have a post-game show for that. We haven't nailed down exactly and who can be on it. But we're going to do everything we can to have our first women's basketball post-game show after that because we want to support them. And frankly, I got done with that game yesterday, and I just wanted to talk about it. <laughs> I kind of wish we had had a post-game show yesterday. Uh, but that's my final thought is we've got a women's basketball program that is showing us the template again for what Indiana basketball looks like because they're playing Indiana basketball. And I hope that as Mike Woodson takes over and this new regime happens and we rebuild the culture of Indiana basketball, that as it starts to improve, it starts to look a lot like what Terry Morin has been because or what, what Terry Morin has built. Because they've got something special. Football's got something special. Baseball's got something special. Soccer's got something special. Swimming and diving's got something special. Like, we have something special going on with this athletic department. And now we just need men's basketball to catch up. And if that happens, legitimately, we could be looking at the golden age of Indiana sports. We're darn near almost there. But it's Indiana. And you got to have basketball rolling. We got half of basketball rolling. Now it's time to get the other half of basketball rolling. Hopefully, Mike Woodson's the guy. I'm excited about the higher questions and all. We're going to support it 100%. Be here like we always are. And uh, we hope you guys will join us. So that's all we have for you. Uh, we appreciate you guys being here on short notice. Ryan, coach, thanks for jumping on. Our thanks to Alex Bozich, Rick Bozich, and Eric Pankowski. And uh, we'll talk to you guys tomorrow after the women's game. And then Thursday night, we'll have uh, more analysis. And hopefully, Andy will be here to give us his thoughts on it too. So take care, everybody. And we will talk to you then. And as always, keep your elbows in, your eyes on the rim, and go Hoosiers. With round-the-clock protection at a great price, your progressive policy works the way it's supposed to, unlike this unenthusiastic hype man. 
Okay, everybody, let's make some noise. Put your hands up. Or not. It's your call. Here we go now. Here we go. Switch to Progressive today. It is electric in here. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. The Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player five.